the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 8.35 on Christmas Eve. Jack Campbell's still at his desk. Now there's a hallmark moment for you. Peter, I don't see you rushing home to trim the tree. That's because I'm a heartless bastard who only cares about money. Well, you know what? God love you for that. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yes, we're heartless bastards and only care about money now. You know what? Uh, maybe Jack Campbell is just a, is the alter ego of Donald Trump. I don't know. You think that's going to be good or bad for America? I kind of think America's kind of run on, uh, kind of runs on money, so I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good for people. I think uh, July, uh, January 20th is going to be a wonderful day. It's going to be a wonderful day. I think it's wonderful already because we're seeing stuff happen in this country. Trump's not even president yet, and look what he's doing. Well, we're going to talk about what he's doing. We're going to talk about what everybody's saying about it, and we're going to talk about what you can expect from it. But first, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, based right here in the Inland Empire with offices all over Southern California. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night. Toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone because you don't want me to know what your voice sounds like until I say you're qualified. Then uh, call me. Uh, then go to wccloans.com. Find me on the loan officer page or my contact info somewhere in there. We just had some things changed around. Go on there, find Ed Hoffman, click on uh, the uh, apply button, put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from me or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, Matt, uh, Cody Bradbury, Eric Marquez, and uh, we will contact you back any way you want. Text, email, telephone, cell phone, telegraph, uh, smoke signals, any way you want to do it. Just let us let us know what's best for you, and we will get back to you. Help you fill in the, the missing pieces to your financial puzzle. Uh, if there's any part of the show you want repeated, you can go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can also get the main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Go to iTunes, search Ed Hoffman, the main event, and uh, you can have it download download for free subscribe it'll download for free once a week you can listen to it anytime day or night you want on any device you want to listen to it be sure to connect the show on social media follow me on twitter at ed at ed hoffman where i tweet about current events all week long like the show on facebook at facebook.com the main event ed hoffman so uh with me in the studio this week as he often is is uh my buddy scott mcafee proprietor of don's bikes in rialto and redland scott Welcome back in the house. Yo, Ed, it's great to be back in the house. All right, so, uh, hey, lots of stuff going on. 
Hey, what, what do we got going? We got a little trip coming up uh, well, we, next month. We do. We're actually going to go to the inauguration. We're going to see it for ourselves because we still don't believe it, Ed. No, nope, we, we don't. We still don't believe it. We want to we see Trump up there for sure. We want to we make sure he's got his hand on the Bible, not on the Koran. Absolutely. Well, not only that, it's kind of interesting because, Ed, every day I wake up, I keep thinking, when is the post-Trump election high going to wear off? And I wake up, and you know what? It's still there every day. I know exactly. It's, yep. uh, there's he because he does something does something about every day. Well, pretty to much let it, to let us know that things are a changing. No, for sure. And I know that I was at the shop uh, the other day, and I was upset about one thing or another. One of my suppliers did that kind of made me mad, and one of my employees said, "Hey, boss, chill. Trump's the president." And all of a sudden, it just went away, and I got a big smile on my face. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I actually talked to a borrower that. Um, we had started his loan months ago, actually three years ago. It took me three years to get him to a point where he finally, I finally convinced him, hey, you don't qualify unless we do a reverse mortgage on your house. You're 83 years old. You don't, we got we to gotta get this thing so you have some, some uh, room in your budget. Tried to convince him that, hey, life doesn't have to be this stressed. And uh, it took so long, I had quoted him 4% on his rental house for the regular mortgage so we could get the reverse on his primary house. And I called him up and I said, hey, I got good news and I got bad news. He goes, what's that? I go, the good news is Trump's going to be our president. He goes, that is great news. I said, the bad news is because because Trump's going to be our president, he keeps doing good things for the economy and it keeps making the rates go up. And since we didn't lock it because it took so long to get everything together, your payment's going up 99 bucks. He goes, ah, in the scheme of things with everything else, that's fine. Do I have to pay any more fees? Nope, I'm eating the fees. He goes, okay, good. I'm happy. I can deal with that. Let's just close it. Nice. So, uh, don't don't you kind of feel though that Trump is already the president and Obama is just kind of irrelevant? He, yeah, he is irrelevant. You know? he's, been, he's been irrelevant for for eight years. Right. Well, that's not to say he can't do something nasty on the way out, but certainly at this point, my advice to him is just you know go play golf somewhere. There's a really cool place called Fiesta Village over here in Colton that he could play golf over there. You know, we don't just, want him that close to us. Oh, well, that's true. That would make me kind of nervous. How about uh, there's a there's a golf and stuff in. Uh, in uh, Santa Fe Springs off the 605 that keeps the traffic out of Inland Empire. Okay, that's cool. I know I always had I always had a hard time getting the the ball through the windmill at the end. Although you golf. people living in you, you people li- uh listening in the in the Los Angeles area are probably saying no 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 don't send him to us. Ah, but some of you guys probably like him there cuz you're Democrats. Exactly. And I was going to say, though, there seems to be so many things that are happening already, and the guy hasn't even taken office yet. I mean, I know you spent a fair amount of time last week talking about Fidel Castro, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, how many presidents have tried to assassinate this guy? Trump's elected, and a week or two later, he's dead. You know? <laughs> well, not not only that, but I, I know— I didn't put that together. Well, okay, there you go. I mean, Fidel's checking out. Uh, as a matter of fact, they actually interviewed him. A lot of people didn't know this. They interviewed him right before he died to ask his opinion on the election results. And his comment was that he was very upset. He had contributed $2 million to the Clinton Foundation, and the only thing he had to show for it is a cigar that smelled like Monica Lewinsky. You are a sick puppy, Sorry. Man. You know, and your 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 buddy said that you're the you're the surgeon and I'm the sledgehammer. <laughs> that was one of our fans. Yeah, they said yeah. I'm I'm the the verbal surgeon and you're the sledgehammer. Well, one of our fans said that. I never I never I never uh, <laughs> I never I never said I was I was a surgeon. I am a sledgehammer. Okay, you're sledge away, Ed. All right, okay, so that's good. So so let's talk about uh, what Trump did this week to to anger everybody. So this week the media had a fit when uh, President elect. Trump took. Did I say what Obama did? 
So what Trump did. Okay, so I don't know if I if I made a mess up with my sledgehammer on that one. So, But the media had a fit when President-elect Trump took a phone call from the president of Taiwan. Ten-minute call marked the first time that a U.S. president or president-elect deviated from the so-called One China position, that belief that Taiwan is not its own sovereign country but part of the nation of China. This uh, was Jimmy Carter's officially established this, the U.S. position of One China, 1979. So uh, I try to think of, uh, you know, uh, I think I think uh, I think it'd be better if we had a One China, One China, and we could we could uh, cultivate more peanuts in China if we do that, and we could put them in kung pao chicken and a variety of the of a, of other Chinese dishes, and I think that would be good for us. Uh, that would be my Jimmy Carter impression. So, uh, so-called Trump taking Taiwan's phone call is supposedly a huge foreign policy blunder, according to the media. Here's a report from CBS Evening News. Foreign policy experts say that one phone call has shattered decades of diplomatic protocol about the U.S. approach toward China and Taiwan. The U.S. formally broke off diplomatic relations with Taiwan in 1979, and the National Security Council was forced to affirm on Friday that the U.S. is not changing its policy. Former Ambassador Chris Hill posted this tweet after the news broke. This is an example of winging it in the extreme. Hope Trump doesn't feel he has to double down on this judgment error. Well, the U.S. isn't changing its policy, at least not for another 40 or 45 days. Then there's Jim, then, then, then there's Democrat strategist Jonathan Tassini on CNN. This is the problem, I think, long term is Donald Trump doesn't know diplomacy. He doesn't understand the world. And this kind of phone call is sort of mind boggling because anybody that had a smidgen of the two of us, if somebody, if we were president-elect, we would know that there is a long-term one-China policy. You know what? There's a long-term uh, no-Cuba policy, too, because, uh, you know, Fidel Castro was uh, uh, violating human rights, uh, common laws, and and terrorizing his people and harboring terrorists from our country. And we had a, we had a no-Cuba, uh, no-Cuba kind of a policy, but... Obama just flipped a switch and said, okay, we're going to be friends with Cuba now. Nobody seemed to have a problem with that. Well, what this Democrat strategist doesn't understand is that things are changing, dude. Uh, the old ways are changing fast. And why why not take this phone call, right? I mean, Taiwan, the last time I checked, is, is a democracy. China is nothing but a pseudo, I mean, it's just, a, it's nothing but a terrorist. And nobody has rights over there. They're hacking our intellectual properties when there's no retaliation against that. I mean, I see it in all kinds of industries, even including the bicycle industry. Uh, you see them stealing, uh, you know, proprietary things and putting it on the gray market. And there's no reaper questions for that yeah it's uh, i like uh i like trump's we should probably reuse some of these clips that we use from week to week because uh like kennedy does on his show but um we should use the use the clip from last week or the week before when trump said when trump said hey there's there's no global flag there's only the american flag and we're not going to salute the global flag it's america first and uh so you know there's there's just trump doesn't understand this global international stuff yeah he understands America first. I like that. Well, not only that, but all these commentators are going to nothing but say that everything Trump does is wrong anyway. So after a while, people just kind of ignore him. I do. But when George Stephanopoulos got on the bandwagon on his ABC, on his ABC show, Mike Pence set him straight. During the course of the transition eight years ago, President Obama, it's reported, spoke to 22 world leaders. and, and did not President speak to Trump the leader of Taiwan. That's what I'm trying to figure out. 
I have to tell you, George, is uh, it, it's a little mystifying to me that, that President Obama can can reach out uh, to a murdering dictator in, in Cuba in the last year uh, and be hailed as a hero for doing it. And uh, President-elect Donald Trump takes a courtesy call from a democratically elected leader in Taiwan, and it's become it's become something of a controversy. Yeah, I think people got their uh, got their uh, their their focus on the wrong things. Well, once again, we have, you know, uh, Clinton, Bill Clinton's former water boy, George Snuffleupagus, uh, who's, you know, on on ABC giving his opinion that nobody cares about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, the world's changing. Things are changing. The old ways of doing things are going to going to come to a closer pretty quick. Ed. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how come if anybody else doesn't realize that George Snuffleupagus, Stephanopoulos would uh was Clinton's uh, water boy was his uh, was his uh, right hand? I I wonder if the is that a conflict of interest? I I have him as a reporter, quote and, journalist. Whatever. And at one point, at one point, he had to uh, disclose that he had actually donated to the Clinton Foundation, which basically means he donated to Hillary and Bill. Right. I wonder how many people are donating that now. Yeah, I have a feeling it's done. <laughs> I hope they save some of the some of that money that they that they had there because. They're going to be lit. Well, I guess uh, Bill has Bill has his two hundred thousand dollar a year salary from being president. I wonder if he shares it with Hillary. Uh, I don't know. I think Bill's on his way over to Fantasy Island right now. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they I don't think they sleep in the bed same bed very often. Nope, not what I call a marriage. And then uh, economist Stephen Moore, who advised Trump's economic policy throughout the campaign, sums it up perfectly. Taiwan is our ally, John. That is a a country that we have backed because they believe in freedom. And we ought to back our ally. And if China doesn't like it, screw them. Screw them. I like that. Can we say that on the radio? We just did. I guess. Well, we didn't. (laughs) Stephen Moore did. That's true. So, uh. I like that. We should just get clips of people saying stuff we're not supposed to stay on the radio. <laughs> we report. Say, we, we didn't do it. We report. You decide. Exactly. So we're just like we're just like Fox, only not as foxy. Right. So, uh, but I guess uh, you know what the the good looking chicks over there are going Democrat. So <clears throat> people are turning to the main event. All right. All right. Good. So uh, uh, Trump Trump continued to assemble his cabinet. Faster than Obama did. Not that fast is is a concern. I think he's got plenty of time. Take your time and get it right, which is what I like. I, I'm seeing him. I'm seeing him vacillate with the with the Secretary of State and with the uh, you know with note is is Romney right? Should I hold? Should I hold a grudge? Should I not? Is Giuliani right? Is this guy right? Is that guy right? He's taking his time and he's thinking about. It. I'm sure, and I'm sure he's thoughtfully talking to his his inner circle. And they're and they're expressing their opinions. I mean, for me, Romney is a smart guy, but he said he used some he used some uh, fatal weapon he used some lethal weapons when he made his uh, his speech last March or last February, whenever it was, trying to uh, deter people from voting. Maybe it was April. It was closer to uh, closer to Trump clinching the nomination, and he went out there and he said some nasty things, and uh, that would to me would be uh, unforgivable. How about you? Well, I, you know, I'm probably different a little bit. I think, look, you hire whoever the best person is for the job. I think the fact that Trump has reached out to Romney shows that he's he doesn't hold grudges. Um, I also think it's important for him to do things that help unify the party. Uh, and certainly Romney was part of the no Trump campaign. We need to bring all the no Trumpers back over. Hello, guys, it's over. And you can quit uh, spewing your never Trump rhetoric. Uh, Trump is going to be the president. And if you are not excited about the things we're seeing so far, you're kind of a moron, in my opinion. 
Uh, yep. And you don't understand. You don't understand how the world works. Don't understand how the world works. Um, we'll go more into that in a yeah. little bit. But Trump continues to assemble his cabinet faster than Obama did. Um, this week, he officially appointed uh, Dr. Ben Carson as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. CNN spent all Monday night questioning the choice and criticizing Dr. Carson. So I, I think there's much to admire about him. I, I question whether this is the right job. I mean, his background is in healthcare. Why not a healthcare appointment? Possibly a U.S. Surgeon General. He's had uh, no experience whatsoever in dealing with housing development, or dealing with mortgage companies, um, or, or dealing with housing stock, or dealing, you know, with low-income housing. Men Carson actually doesn't believe in the Fair Housing Act, for a, an example. Um, and I, I look forward to his confirmation hearing. Well, I will tell you, being part of the housing industry, I don't think uh, anybody criticized when they put uh, Julian Castro as the head of uh, HUD uh, two or three years ago. Um, and I'll tell you, Julian Castro was a city councilman in San Antonio, Texas, and then became the mayor at age 27. And uh, they pulled him out of the out of the I don't know. You know, where did you where did you come up with him as secretary of housing and urban development? What what experience does he have that makes him uh, qualified for that job? I've heard Julian Castro talk and I walked out on him because he sounded just exactly like Barack Obama. His his voice his his he must use the same speechwriter. And he just I was I was actually disgusted at a at a mortgage bankers conference when he spoke and after i listened listened to him for about 10 minutes and i just walked out um i thought here's a moron running the housing industry and that's why the housing industry is is that's why the housing housing financing is as as hard as it is today because every little thing you know they're 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 going to come up with some new rule that makes it three days longer hey you know what you guys are buying a house you're 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 producing everything but the label a copy of the label on your underwear and you know you're showing the they're showing the you know you have to show everything about everything in your life to get it and you're getting frustrated you what used to be 18 pages is now uh 68 pages and that you're signing your life away and uh they come up with some new law to just make you wait three more days after that and uh it's just it's stupid well, and obviously this is your field. This is your area of expertise. I don't even, I've never even heard, I don't even know who that guy was, but, but I can tell you this, Ben Carson will probably light years better than that guy. Um, and I know that somebody made a snide remark that, well, the only experience that Ben Carson uh, has is the fact that he was in a low income housing situation as a person. I'm thinking, you know what? I wouldn't even belittle that because he's lived it. He knows what it's all about. He knows what a racket that a lot of it is. Why not put somebody like him in charge to clean this mess up? Exactly. He understands, he understands the people that that the uh, government purports to try and help. Carson made a made a uh, a quote. He said, "Opportunity has been replaced by despair. Embracing character values, marriage and family has been ridiculed. Government dependence has has been substituted for self reliance, and mediocrity has replaced excellence." <clears throat> I think I think he's gonna try and restore dignity to people. You know, hey, there's there's a difference between a handout and a hand up. And people that are that are getting handouts today aren't even gonna re- aren't even don't even realize how much happier they're gonna be when they get a hand up when they get a job when they get hey we're gonna help you with this but you're gonna have to actually get a job to show us that you're you're working towards becoming self reliant. There's gotta be an end. There's gotta be there's gotta be. It's kind of like um kind of like with private money. 
private money investors. <clears throat> a lot of times we use, we'll, uh, when we got investors that need a, uh, that are going to do a, a loan for somebody and say, Hey, what's, what's the exit plan? Hey, this guy's buying a house. He's, uh, he's got this house that's worth 500,000. He needs a $300,000 loan. Okay. Uh, that, that seems safe. We're going to charge X amount of dollars for, you know, private investors. But the first thing they ask is what's the exit plan? How am I getting paid back? You know, the fact that it's worth 500,000, if he doesn't follow through, I can, I can foreclose in the house and I'll always get my money back because if it's worth 500,000, I'm, I'm into it for 300, but what's the exit plan? What is the plan to not need my loan? What is the plan to get a regular institutional long-term loan? What is the, what's the exit plan? When we, when we talk about people with, uh, that are getting, getting housing assistance, what is the exit plan? What is the plan to where you don't have to be on this for years? Um, there's gotta be, there's gotta be an end. Right. Well, and obviously a lot of these programs seem to create lifelong dependency and kind of coming back to your point, I think that, and the hope is that a big chunk of the people that maybe voted for Hillary Clinton, once they realize that our ideas work, that maybe they will actually switch their, their, uh, party affiliation. Maybe they'll actually support Trump in, uh, in 2020. Exactly. And, uh, and I think 2020, if Trump even runs, I, I kind of have a theory that he's going to go in there, try to make everything happen in four years and hand it over to Pence because he's going to say, okay, I did what I came to do. Mike, take it over. I'm going back to living, living the life of luxury again. Mm, I think you're wrong on that one. I might be. I think you'll stick around. I might be. I might be. He might. It depends on what overrides his uh, his wife or his ego. Well, you know, but and you look at the guy's energy level, and it's outright amazing for a guy that's seventy years old. Doesn't look like he sleeps a whole lot. He's going hundred miles an hour, and he's not even the president yet. I know. I I don't think I don't think I have that much energy, and I'm not seventy. Uh, but our friends at Fox News came to Carson's defense. Here's Mike Huckabee on Megyn Kelly. He's a brain surgeon. He's a person who goes in to one of the most complex systems on the planet. And he solves a problem by taking a look at incredibly complex situations and figuring out how to make them work. Under enormous pressure. Well, under enormous pressure. And somebody can live or die, depending on the the slightest move of his hand. The thought that Ben Carson is somehow not capable, that he's not qualified, is an insult to the intellect of every neurosurgeon on God's green earth. And then, uh, to my surprise, uh, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly, who apparently she's turned out, she's not able to get the new job on CNN, so she's starting to come back to having some common sense. Uh, Megan Kelly actually had some positive things to say. Weren't we told when Barack Obama was elected and people called him unqualified, so many people said that's a racist statement, that that is racist to say that our first black president is unqualified to hold the office merely because he's only been a senator for two years. That's now, exactly Dr. Carson, right. one of the most renowned surgeons, pediatric neurosurgeons in the world, he's too stupid to learn how to run an organization that has 8,000 employees. I don't know, Gov. You tell me whether those same people are going to say that's a racist statement now. And I don't think I don't think it's even the... Uh... I don't think it's even the running 8,000 employees. It's, it's, it's making some common sense direction for this organization. It's like, hey, you know what? What are we going to do? What, what are we going to establish? They, the FHA came out with, with these uh, different uh, numbers for what's called the upfront MIP and the monthly mortgage insurance on an FHA loan. And I talked to, uh, say, why don't you just take the, the upfront to, from, it was at two and a quarter, they dropped it to one and they took the, the the monthly mortgage insurance from half a percent to 1.35 a few years back. And I asked someone at, from HUD and I said, why don't you just run the upfront to like four, like they do on a VA loan and take the, the monthly to zero. 
that will replenish the MIP fund way faster and it will lower people's payments. So you're actually helping the borrower and you're helping your fund faster. Oh, that wouldn't make sense because that would be make the loan to value like one, one and a half percent higher than where it is. I'm going, we're in an appreciating market. We're starting at the bottom. Why not? Why not? There's no common sense. There's no common sense in this. And, uh, you know, he's one, one of the thing about um, one of the other things about cab, uh, Trump's cabinet. He's appointing people who understand the burdens of regulation, something I'm passionate about. And he's he's already assigned former Quicken Loans executive Sean Krause uh, to the HUD transition team. So she'll be helping Ben Carson. And uh, this is someone who understands the constraints and regulations on the housing industry. So that's that's actually uh positive stuff as far as I'm concerned. No, for sure. And what you're seeing is, is as opposed to Barack Obama, who puts a bunch of academics in, from Harvard that have no real world experience, he's actually putting business people who are successful, people who have achieved things, people who have run things, uh, people who get it. Yeah. And instead of just all his Muslim friends. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? You did. I didn't very, mean, very politically. I didn't mean to. I guess this is a good time to take a break. So mm. we're all we're all out of time for part one of the main event. We'll be back again after five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials, and we'll uh, we'll continue to talk about what Trump's doing to make America great again. Don't go away. This is Donald Trump with a very very special message for an incredible guy. I mean, a really great guy, and I'm talking about Ed Hoffman. I know some great people, and Ed is he's great people. I mean, he's really a great person. The mortgages are unbelievable. The guy knows business. I mean, he's like a savvy business guy, not like one of these political hacks. The guy knows how to do deals. And I never miss the main event. Every weekend, it's the main event and the art of the deal. They're really huge, really, truly incredible. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We don't talk much about mortgages. See, I, I, figured, out, I figured out the secret to uh, doing radio for on uh, mortgages is uh, you guys think it's boring so we're talking about we're talking about what's happening in this world and but if you need a mortgage and you want to talk to somebody who sees clearly like you do we'll guide you to what's best for you call me toll free at 855-640-2020 855-640-2020 or go to wccloans.com and uh, search around there and tell me what you want Anyway, uh, so we were talking. I got my uh, in studio guest. If you weren't uh, if you weren't here for the part one, Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes. Scotty, welcome to part two. Thanks, Ed. Great to be here. So we were talking about uh, the appointments, uh, the uh, Trump's cabinet appointments, and we just finished off with uh, Ben Carson for HUD secretary. He also uh, he also uh, announced EPA his EPA secretary. Yeah, this was really a cool one. This just came out. The president-elect Donald Trump. This actually was from Politico. President-elect Donald Trump picked Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt to run the EPA, putting one of the agency's most hostile critics and a skeptic of climate change science at its helm. Sources close to the transition said Wednesday, uh, Pruitt has been at the forefront of lawsuits challenging EPA regulations on carbon emissions and water pollution and he's expected to lead the effort to erase much of President Barack Obama's environmental agenda. Uh, Trump also made a comment, we'll be fine with the environment, Trump told Fox News. We can leave a little bit, but we can't destroy business. Uh, needless to say, this has the Dems in a in a tizzy, including uh, former presidential candidate uh, Bernie Sanders, who said he would oppose the sad and dangerous move. Uh, 
to me, I'm overjoyed with this. I mean, let's face it. The EPA is, is full of a bunch of political activists. I mean, these are people that have never run businesses, never made a payroll. They're just sitting there collecting a government check for essentially regulating, otherwise known as harassing businesses, agriculture, every aspect of people's lives, making it more difficult to get things done, harming the economy in the process. And I think to put a global, a climate change denier at the head of the EPA, honestly, that's like putting me or you in charge of the EPA. Exactly. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I applaud this. Yeah. I applaud this because I think, uh, the, the whole environmental community, you know, and I'm all for having clean water and having clean air and all that stuff. But, uh, you know what? I think God created, a God created an earth that is, uh, self-renewing. Um, and I think that the, the, the ecology crowd, the the tree huggers, want to save the earth but kill all the people. Well, yeah, not, not only that, and look, and I love the environment as much as anyone, and all jokes aside, I think the fact of the matter is we have to find a balance. You have to find a balance between preserving the environment and not destroying the economy. I mean, that's what it boils down to. I think it's, I think it's interesting that, um, was it the 80s when we were talking about when we stopped using aerosol cans because we were killing the ozone? And uh, as as everybody's concerned about the ozone and we have to start using SPF 600 so that we don't get cancer from the sun because it's uh, the, the ozone layer that protects us is going away. And then all of a sudden uh, there is a volcano in uh, in uh, Antarctica that erupted and all of a sudden the ozone layer is back up there. Isn't it great? Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of this stuff obviously is nonsense, and and it certainly starts out with maybe great intentions, but then there's no like reality check as to what the consequences are of your policies, whether it's on climate change, this cap and trade stuff, it, it, the list goes on and on and on. And I can't imagine what the atmosphere must be like at the EPA right now, knowing that there's a guy that's going to come on board, and his first few days are going to look like an episode of The Apprentice. You're fired, and you're fired, and you're fired. Yep, that's uh, people. I heard people talking, talking, saying it's not going to be the EPA; it's going to be the APA, the American Protection Agency. You know what's interesting is, and I mentioned this <clears throat> when I was at the Mortgage Bankers uh, Conference uh, in uh, in Boston. Um, was it in October, November? One of those, one of those months, a month or two ago, and uh, w- one of the guest speakers on uh, one of the mornings was Mark and Scott Kelly, the astronauts. Uh, I think Mark Kelly is the husband of uh, Gabby Giffords, the the Democrat uh, Congress lady that got shot in Arizona, and uh, <clears throat> one of them, I believe it was Mark, who was up in the in the space station for a year. He was talking about how you look out look out from the space station and you see the Earth, and you you look at a map and you're and you're and you're comparing what's what. And he said after after several months, he could start to look down and he could identify. He could identify mountains without looking at a map. He could he could tell, hey, that's that's a Mammoth Mountain there. There's a there's Everest there. There's this. There's that. And he could he could identify different landmarks that he could see from from space. And uh, he said, but he whenever the Earth turned and you could see China, there was always this big cloud over it, and you really couldn't see the ground in China. And there was one weekend when the Chinese government shut everything down, shut industry down, and the Earth turned. And all of a sudden, you could see China. And to me, it said it said two things. Number one, number one is that the Earth will renew itself because all they had to do was stop, and the cloud went away. Or, or the other the all the the other uh, so the other uh, uh, 
conclusion I would come to there is that as long as China is still polluting, as the earth turns and they stop, it spreads out across the earth. So if everybody doesn't do anything, it doesn't do us any good for us. So let's not shut down the American economy by making everything so by by making it so hard on businesses that they go to other countries. I mean, why did Apple go to to build iPhones in China? Do you think it's just the taxes or do you think it might be some of the regulations that make it so expensive for them to produce their product that it's less expensive to build a factory in China and and ship everything? Right. Well, it's probably both. And obviously, you talked a lot about the um, the air conditioning company um, carrier carriers sticking around here. And, and a lot of that is obviously as a result of lowering regulations as well as their taxes. I mean, things you can do to, to incentivize businesses to stay. That's the key, because every one of those manufacturing jobs it creates like 11 other jobs within the economy. So you can't lose those things. You can't. Nope. And uh, and uh, I was talking to a guy at the Lincoln Club uh, meeting last night. And uh, he's talking about, well, you know, if they're going to give incentives to carrier, they, they, what about everybody else? Well, they're going to cut taxes for everybody. And it makes sense. And it's not, hey, don't focus on the one thing, the one thing that's happening. And you know, what's, what's interesting also is listening to somebody on this station uh, this morning, actually, talk about how comparing Trump to Herbert Hoover and all the tariffs and the taxes and the bullying people. You know what? Put this in perspective. When he talks about, hey, if Ford takes it, starts building their 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 product in Mexico, and brings it back brings it back to the United States to sell it, there's going to be a thirty five percent tariff. He's not bullying and raising taxes, and it's not going to try. Hey, look what he's going to do. He's going to raise the price of of cars to everybody. No, he's not. All he's doing is discouraging them from having to compete with Chevy, who's staying here. So if if you want to buy a Ford truck and it's being built in Mexico and it's going to cost you thirty five percent more, guess what? Buy a GMC, buy a Cadillac, buy a Chevrolet, buy a Chrysler, buy something else. Who builds it in the United States? That's what human nature is. You know what? If you can't afford, you can't afford uh, a Rolex, you'll buy a Timex or a Seiko or something else. You know, it's it's that's human nature. Oh, look, he's bullying. Look, he's gonna raise the prices. No, look at the effect of this. Well, not only that, but just the psychological impact. I mean, I will you you could you could even acknowledge, okay, well, care that's only eleven hundred jobs. That's largely symbolic. Ain't nothing wrong with a little symbolism, in my opinion. That the point is that it, it has been sending and is continuing to send a psychological message to the United States that things are looking pretty damn good right now for investment, for business. It's just the whole vibe out there, Ed. It's just yep. really, really good. Look at the stock market, which by the way, some of the experts predicted would tank if Trump was elected. Uh, and it's doing just the opposite. This is all based on people's people's not only hope but confidence. I think is the best word. Yeah, I think uh, people are realizing. I, I think uh, the people with money, the people that make the economy go, Wall Street. Once they once they realize that, hey, you know what, Trump's Trump's uh, policies are going to be really good for business. This is a positive. I still think the stock market's due for a huge correction, but you can see the emotion in the in the stock market. Uh, if Donald Trump can turn things around fast enough, severe enough, um, maybe he can stop it from a big correction. But I still think uh, our stock market's oversold. Well, the stock market's going to go up and down, obviously, and, and good luck trying to predict that one. Uh, there's some pretty cool stuff though, about the uh, we're going to talk about next about the Japanese businessman that's investing in the United States. Yep, the decisions like uh, like Trump are making are attracting new businesses to the United States. Uh, what happened? That happened this week when Japanese billionaire 
My Masha Yoshi Son, owner of a bank called SoftBank, announced he would invest in $50 billion in American businesses and create 50,000 new, new U.S. jobs. He met with Donald Trump at Trump Tower on Tuesday, and they spoke to reporters. He's just agreed to invest $50 billion in the United States and 50,000 jobs. And he's one of the great men of industry, so I just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Because he would do a lot of deregulation. I said, this is great. U- United States, U.S. will uh, become a great again. So what exactly are you committing to, sir? Invest into uh, new companies, startup companies in the United States. How many jobs do you believe you can create? 50,000 new jobs. 50,000 new jobs. I don't know. That's that's not 1,100, and it's not uh, 10 billion new jobs, but 50,000 plus 1,100 plus five here and 10 there, and uh, it all adds up. Oh, I'm sure he would have put the money in even if Hillary was the president, right, Ed? No. Wrong. 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 So, again, we're looking at not only keeping manufacturing here, but another thing that I hadn't even considered is the world's view of the United States is shifting dramatically. This guy looks at it. He actually quotes Trump. Well, oh, you guys are going to make America great again. Maybe that's a place I should put my money. And he also mentioned the deregulation word, which is going to be a key of this administration. Yeah, the uh, this guy owns uh, SoftBank, which is into almost every kind of uh, every kind of business out there. Uh, in 2013 or 2014, he, uh, Forbes magazine put him as the 45th most powerful in the world on the Forbes Forbes list. I think that's right ahead of you and me. Right, ahead. I think it's right behind you and me. Okay, I think we were 39 and 40. Yeah, you're right. I'll have to check. So, yeah, exactly. Well, we don't know. This was a few years ago, so we're not really <laughs> sure. We're we're up there now. Yeah. But it's uh it's amazing it's amazing what's happening, what's happening here. Oh, this is gonna make us look stupid across to all the other world leaders. Wrong. I hate to, I hate to tell my specifically my sister Renee. Oh, wrong. He doesn't have any. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be four years of of uh of uh no no global international business experience and women being uh being uh, uh eye candy and uh and uh. Uh, sex objects or what did she say? I don't know. I told her I say, hey, guess what? Women are seen as eye candy to all men, including your husband and your son and your two son-in-laws. And guess what? That's been since the beginning of time. God made us that way. I take it your sister's been kind of depressed lately. <laughs> <sighs> tough. Ah, oh well. Tough, 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 tough. So uh, then Obama uh, had a little national security issue this week, uh, gave his final national security speech on his presidency, otherwise known as a victory lap for what he wants to take credit for in the war on terror. Even though we've had numerous attacks on our soil during his pre- uh, his presidency, I don't know, it seems like after 9-11, eh, we didn't get hit at all for uh, for eight years after that, or seven and a half years when Bush was in charge. But, uh, you know... Uh, we did get Osama bin Laden on Obama's watch, so I guess that was him. That was him, although I think it was Bush's people that started. So uh, let's compare Obama's speech to Trump's thank you tour speech in North Carolina on Tuesday, where he talked about how he plans to address terror as president. For Al-Qaeda, the organization that hit us on 9-11, is a shadow of its former self. We are breaking the back of ISIL. We're taking away its safe haven. We should take great pride in the progress that we've made over the last eight years. Yeah. 
What do you say about that? I think uh, great pride in the progress we've made. I'm not they're getting much... bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're in more and more countries. Yeah, the problem is the ideology continues to spread, as we've seen from even some recent attacks. Um, so to say we've actually uh, can look back on the last eight years with pride, I don't know what I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And I know, uh, and I know we were talking about wasn't ISIS just uh, didn't Al Qaeda become ISIS? Apparently, Al Qaeda didn't become ISIS. It's two separate, right? But they're. they're but same ideology, obviously. Same ideology. They've yep. got we've got the, all these terrorist groups. There's Muslims and there's radical Muslims and there's uh, Islamic terrorists and radical Islamic terrorists and there's uh, Muslim people with beards and Muslim people, uh, Muslim women without beards and there's Muslim women with beards and there's uh, and there's uh, Muslim people who shaved off their beards so they wouldn't look like, you know, that's all the terrorists. They, it's all different people. Yep. What do they have in common? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they're they all they're all from uh, New Jersey. I don't know. One of the, one of those. And then here's here's Trump's comments. Every generation, a new threat to freedom arises, and just as we defeated these threats, we faced generations in the past, and you understand that. So too will we defeat the forces of terrorism. It's unseen in many cases, but we're going to defeat that force, and we're going to defeat it strongly and quickly. Believe me. What makes you feel more confident? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pleased to know we're going to defeat them big league as opposed to small league. Big league, we're going to big do, league, baby. Big league, and that's uh, you know what? And he and I tried to think of how how he said it, but we don't have to announce what we're doing ahead of Hey, you know what, Trump? Just do it. Tell send Mad Dog. Tell Mad Dog to defend our country and uh, and get these guys, get these guys, and we don't need to know about it until it happens. We just need to know that we're safe because anybody who thinks they're safe needs to talk to people in Orlando or San Bernardino or Boston or wherever. Here's uh, here's some more of Obama's uh, dribble. We prohibited torture everywhere at all times, and that includes tactics like waterboarding. And at no time has anybody who has worked with me told me that doing so has cost us good intelligence. Despite all the political rhetoric about the need to strip terrorists of their rights, our interrogation teams have obtained valuable information from terrorists without resorting to torture. Yeah, how did they do that? They just they just give them a hug and say, "We love you. We're your friends." And they just said, "Okay, well then here's here's what here's what the terror plots are." Well, first of all, I don't know if is waterboarding is that with one ski or two? I'm uh, not really sure. Uh, but I would say I'm against waterboarding too. I would actually prefer to hook up battery cables to their genitals and hook, you know, and hook the other end to a battery and get information. I think I've seen that on TV. Really? Was it I uh, would do that. I think there was a I think there was a movie with uh Colin Colin Hanks and uh uh Diane Lane. Were there was this where they, were, they had to interrogate the terrorist guy because basically his information was gonna like was gonna wipe out a city because he had bombs all over there. Is that the one? I don't remember. This is a this was some terrorist guy that was kidnapping people and oh. they put Colin Hanks in a thing of battery acid or something. Ooh. I don't I don't remember. And people okay. would log on to the internet and it would make it go faster and faster. It was a it was a sick puppy movie. Probably mm. probably one you've seen. Okay. All right. So, uh, but Obama thinks that we should just uh, get feathers and tickle their feet and not. They just need jobs, Ed. Yeah, they need. They just jo- need jobs. If we could just get them, if we just get them some jobs, they'll stop terrorizing people. Here's Trump. Here's Trump. Uh, some more. Our focus must be on defeating terrorism and destroying ISIS. Simple and plain, right to the point. 
and then Obama. Of those who lost loved ones in Boston, in San Bernardino, in Fort Hood and Orlando, that pain continues to this day. So while we've made it much more difficult, you have made it much more difficult to carry out an attack approaching the scale of 9-11, the threat will endure. You see, yeah. what, what disturbs me about that comment is he's like saying that, well, 9-11 is not going to happen again, but you just got to get used to these smaller level attacks. Yeah. And, uh, and how come you can't say San Bernardino instead of San Bernardino? You know, it's like, hey, give give uh, the people of California some some respect and recognize that, hey, people died here. People died and we're not safe and uh, we're not safe here. And we're not there's you know, this stuff's happening all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. But we're we're got him on the run. Yeah, sure. Okay. Exactly. Here's here's Trump. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are pouring into our country. We have no idea who they are, where they come from. Do they love us? In a lot of cases, no, they don't love us. A Trump administration will always put the safety and security of the American people first. Yeah, that's all we can ask. Well, and, and so much of this election was about immigration, uh, particularly from the Middle East, uh, as we're seeing all the problems in Europe. Um, you know, obviously, it started with the Brexit vote. Now we've got the Trump administration uh, coming here in January 20th. But also the interesting thing is there's countries over in Europe now that are experiencing kind of a similar Trump type phenomenon where you've got conservatives that are leading in polls in countries like Italy and in Denmark and some of these other countries. So we're actually seeing kind of a, a wave throughout the world. Yep. Uh, I know uh, Don and I were in Australia uh, two or three years ago. And after John Howard, was John Howard the, the prime minister down mm-hmm. there? Uh, he was a conservative. And when he got out, they had what they called a a freedom fund. So their their tax, they had a tax surplus that all their bills were paid. And there was this hundred million dollars in there. And then they elected a liberal, which is a, a liberal, which they call, I believe they call it the labor party. And the the doesn't make sense, does it? The conservatives, the conservatives are called the liberals, and the so. But they, but in in the ideology, they hired they did a liberal person, and all of a sudden they loosened up the loosened up the immigration stuff, and in two or three years, they all of a sudden they had a deficit. He goes, "We have a deficit at like two hundred fifty million dollars." He said. Or two hundred fifty billion. I said that's all. That's our interest payment monthly. He goes, yeah, but you guys have this huge thing. But you guys have have three hundred fifty million people in your in your country. We have twenty five, and so there's it's a it's a whole different perspective. And uh, you're seeing and now they've got a conservative back in in Australia. So they're seeing. He says every every few year, every nine or ten years, uh, we get everything under control, and then we elect uh, a liberal. And then the liberal uh, screws things up, and then we go back to the conservatives. So, uh, and then Obama was on CNN this week on a some show called "The Legacy of Bo." The leg- legacy of Barack Obama. <laughs> legacy of Bo. That's an interesting title. <laughs> that's, that's. I thought I retitled it a little bit. Okay. And this is what he said: the ability of ISIL to initiate major land offensives that was not on my intelligence radar screen. Uh. Duh. Otherwise known as his brain. How do you miss stuff like that? Don't we have like satellites that look down and can see what's going on, you know, and actually give you real time intelligence reports and this kind of stuff? Yeah, and he's supposed to have a daily intelligent report either 
live or in writing. And from what I'm told, he he took it on in writing because he didn't want to meet with anybody. See, I'll read it on the golf cart. And uh, so, you know, if they hand it to you in writing, you don't know if they if they read it, if they if he understood it. He didn't ask any questions to me. To me, the presidency is is the job of the president is too big to try and just read it. You know, you need to have the specialist explain it to you. And he never did that. And apparently, you know, in my opinion, you know, hey, you're 40 days from being out of office. And now you're telling us that that uh, uh, ISIL, the the this kind of terrorism thing wasn't on your security screen. I think he, I, I I'm predicting January 20th after uh, oh, after Trump gets inaugurated, we're going to see uh, Obama go up to the microphone and go, oh, by the way, I was born in Kenya. <laughs> Just just my prediction. So we got a little bit left. Let's talk about California. California legislator devoted the first meeting of their new session to strategizing against Trump's immigration policy since he's vowed to cut off federal funding to sanctuary cities. And their ultimate goal is to make California the first sanctuary state. We're screwed here, folks. Reportedly, they worked on putting uh, together bills that would provide free attorneys for illegal immigrants. Free? I don't know who pays for free people. Uh, I guess us taxpayers. Refuse assistance to any proposed registry of Muslim immigrants to California. No, that wouldn't be important. And require any part of Trump's wall on California's border to be first approved by the voters via ballot measure. I don't think that's going to happen because I still think uh, I still think the uh, California border is still the federal border. Let's jump to uh, let's jump to the second clip because we only have a little bit of time left to David Wool, who's an attorney who uh, put uh, put the uh, the guys in perspective. This isn't sanctuary from persecution. This is sanctuary from the rule of law, from a legal process. And that's what makes it illegal. It's incredibly reckless. And guess what, Martha? This risks not having federal funding just cut off from a city or a county, but an entire state of 39 million and 75 people as of today. It's reckless and it's done for political expediency because we all know that Jerry Brown and his cronies all think that the people who they're coming to the rescue of are going to vote Democrat. That's what this boils down to. And they could also be prosecuted, I might add, for harboring fugitives, for obstruction of justice. It's a giant mess. I think they need to drop it now. And you're right. Mr. Trump is going to go after the worst of the worst and not law-abiding people who are here working. Time to wake up, California. We're screwed. It's time to time to import some smart people, Scott. Uh, I'm going to go down comment. there and start building the wall myself. I think you can get a segment up there about 20 feet long, four feet high. That'll at least keep the small ones out. I'm going to I'm going to pay I'm going to pay for some guys to go down there and do it because I don't if I, I if I help with the wall it'll tip over. Hey, anyway, folks, we're all out of time for this uh, seg this uh, episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman. I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.